It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder have another historic score in SGA. He did something that only seven NBA players have ever done in the history of this league against Portland as the Thunder earn a massive road win that will shape their season moving forward. We'll talk about it on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day, I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. We're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder, earning a critical win over Portland, getting the tiebreaker over the Blazers, and really shaping their season behind SGA's historic offensive output. Lou Dort returns and deserves a ton of flowers for what he did in this game. And J-Dub continues to be electric while Isaiah Joe shows his value. Let's get it going on today's show, which is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockdownNBA. What a fun game this was. We're going to start what we do with our game overview. For the Thunder, they didn't have Chet Holmgren. They didn't have Pokashevsky. They did not have Dario Saric, who is staying in Oklahoma City, but did not make the trip. This was the last game of the road trip on Friday night. The deadline was Thursday. He got traded on Thursday. There's really no point to fly him to Portland and then come back to OKC. So he went straight to OKC. He practiced with the team on Sunday, and he'll be off the injury report Monday uh, and available. Don't know if they're going to work him into that rotation. For the Thunder, Jeremiah Robinson Earl was also out as long as with Usman Jing as well, playing in the G League. And Portland was relatively healthy. They didn't have uh, their big trade line acquisition, Matisse Thibel. They didn't have Yusuf Nurkic. Those are two big blows. But then they also missed Kevin Knox and Justice Winslow. For OKC, they start SGA, Josh Giddy, Aaron Wiggins, Jalen Williams, and Kenneth Williams. Lou Dort comes off the bench for the first time since his rookie season. Portland starts out with Dame, Anthony Simons, Cam Reddish, Jeremy Grant, and Drew Eubanks. This was a fun game. This was a back-and-forth game, and this was a game that shaped OKC season. If you lose this game and then head home off of a loss, you look down the barrel of playing the really good Pelicans that are surging right now. B.I.'s had a couple 30-point games in the last week, uh, and, and you play a tough Pelican team, and what, what if you lose that game, then you're losing two straight heading into the break? Houston, you got the blowout winning against Houston the last time you guys played, but They've had your number historically. Like, it could have really unraveled here at the All-Star break. Plus, the Thunder have not been a particularly good road team this year. Put all that aside, because they went into Friday, they went into Portland, and they got the win. And it was SGA scoring 44 points, tying his career high, dishing out seven assists, grabbing three rebounds, two steals, and a block on 16 field goal attempts. He is uh, 0 for 1 from 3, so he did it all inside the arc and all at the line. 
He scored 18 of those points at the free throw line, 18 for 19 there. He's the seventh player in NBA history to score at least 44 points on 16 or fewer shots. And of those seven players, only three of them were guards. Gilbert Arenas, Isaiah uh, Thomas in Boston in 2016, and now SGA. That is awesome to see SGA be so effective when scoring the basketball. Like, it is unreal that you have a basketball player who can command such attention from the defense to the point where he's getting tagged by three, four defenders at a time uh, in certain possessions, but yet still not see his shooting percentage suffer because of it. He went 13 for 16 in this game. That's 81% from the floor on his way to 44% uh, 44 points in this game. I think that one of the best plays to encapsulate how good SGA is was a play where he drove, you know, into the elbow, into the paint, got tagged on his way there by three different defenders, put a hand on him and tr- and tried to kind of defend him. And yet he rises up and creates space and takes an open baseline jumper. He navigated through all that defense and found a way to get open, not just a good look. That is elite shot creation from SGA. And then you saw this team's mindset, which is why I think that we saw this game get shifted, you know, and the season get shaped in Portland. Mark put SGA back in with 10 minutes left in the fourth. OKC got punched in the mouth to start the fourth quarter. They're down by nine points. Portland was on a massive run. It looked like the game was over. Mark has talked before about, you know, you, you don't want to change up your rotations too much. You don't want to kind of... Um, Put SGA back in there a ton uh, or too early for a very a variety of reasons. But in this game, everyone understood the moment. They insert SGA back in because, look, if we wait until the seven-minute mark, six-minute mark, and this game trends this way, it could be over by that point. And then the SGA just never comes back in the fourth quarter. So instead, they change the rotation, and SGA cashes in. You go from down nine points to a 33-9 to run in a huge win in Portland, which gives you the tiebreaker over Portland, which could be massive with how tight these standings are. Gives you the tiebreaker over Portland, and right now places you in the play-in tournament. And that is, by and large, thanks to SGA, who is elite at scoring the basketball. He had an answer for every Dame bucket, and, and, and that is just a testament to how good SGA is, not a knock in any way on Dame. It was so fun to watch those two do battle. And I continue to say this every time that we see a game like this from Shea. Do not take this for granted. I know that if you've only started watching the NBA in the last 15 years, which is still a big sample size, you have only known that the Thunder get these elite scores. Like, that's all they've had. They've had Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, SGA. Like, they've had these guys where this is the only NBA lifestyle that you know. These guys should not come in bunches like this, but this organization is so good that they have to this point. Like having a guy that you can roll out there in a pivotal game for the standings, in a pivotal game for the tiebreaker, in a pivotal game for your for your season, and have him match shot for shot, bucket for bucket, against the other team's superstar, against a franchise's leading scorer, and outduel him both on the night that he set the franchise record and Friday, and earn three wins over Portland so far this year. That stuff does not happen at the rate that you've seen it happen in OKC. So you cannot get tired of it. You cannot be ho-hum about it. That is exciting stuff. 
other franchises would give their left arm for one of Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, SGA, Paul George, for one of those guys to walk through the door. Now, it's been great to be as spoiled as we have been, but this was not promised. And so it's awesome to see SGA become this kind of score, and he does it in such a variety of ways. That layup we had, like a slow motion head fake and then just blew past his defender off the dribble was awesome. I mentioned this last week as well, but the but watching him gather the basketball is a move in and of itself to free himself up of, of a defender or to draw a foul and get to the free throw line and help the offense continue to score and stop scoring droughts. Like, he does so many things very well. He moves off. He moves off ball very well. Like he's a guy that can truly play off ball. You saw that on the cuts and the giddy dimes uh, to SGA. Those two are really finding a groove. He continues to lower the boom and bully bigs down low. Like he did it to Jabari Smith countless times against Houston. Okay, that's a rookie. He did it in this game as well to Portland. He has great hang time and alters his shot very well in the air. A nasty euro step in this game. He's dunking at twice the rate he ever has in his NBA career. That behind-the-back pass to Giddy for three, I was so glad that Giddy hit that three. That was an awesome play. And then just the rocket-ahead bounce pass to a cutting Giddy for the layup. And you see the attention he commands, which opens the floor for everyone else. There was a moment where he jumps in the air, and three Blazers jump with him, because why wouldn't they assume that SGA is going to take this shot at the rim? But instead of taking that shot at the rim, he just dumps it off. Here you go, Lou Dort. And Lou Dort finishes because there's no one left on the ground to defend Lou Dort. That body control, that hang time, and that decision-making all add up and all add layers to his game to make him so effective offensively. It is a pleasure to watch SGA play basketball. And once again, he had an absolutely elite Instagram post afterward. And that stuff matters. I know that you know there's going to be fans, and there's no wrong way to be a fan, but there's going to be fans who don't care about that stuff. Like It doesn't matter to them. The social media stuff doesn't matter. They only care about what happens when the ball's tipped and, and the numbers, and after that, who cares? But the social media stuff does matter in the grand scheme of things. It helps you attract eyeballs. It helps you attract you know fans. It helps you become a, a global and national and more recognized brand, both as an individual player like SGA, and also like a franchise, which in turn, like a city. Like, that stuff matters. So, like, that's also a cool benefit. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it's a cool benefit uh, of SGA. He is really going to transcend, and I think it's going to start this weekend. Like, it's already started by people who follow the basketball. Like, it's like you listening to this podcast that follow basketball, you care enough, and I thank you, to listen to a five-day-week podcast about basketball. You, you know about SGA, and you know about SGAs even on other teams, Right. But the, the casual fan who, who checks in, right, checks in on Christmas Day, big event. Checks in on All-Star Weekend, big event. Checks in on the trade deadline, big event. Checks in on the on the playoffs, big event. The people that just do the little check-ins, they do not quite grasp what SGA is. And I really think that this weekend will go a long way in, you know, kind of elevating SGA's status and, and catapulting him into that, NBA star, NBA icon status. It won't all happen this weekend in Salt Lake City, but it will be the start. Because it started last week when he comes into the Lakers game and and it's LeBron's big night. He's going to break the scores table, you know, break the scores record. 
and he's wearing these humongous red shoes that no one can believe that he wore and, and upstaging things a little bit pregame and then gets the win while wearing that kind of fashion look and being that bold. Those are the things that matter in cultivating a fan base and cultivating um, attention in helping growth both internally, externally, everywhere else. And those are things that make you become a superstar. And it's, in case you didn't know, better to have a superstar on your team than not. I really think that he's going to start to grab the national, national audience this weekend. Because he will do good interviews. He will do, you know, funny social media posts. He will he will dress in a certain way that grabs eyeballs. Like, he will, he will have the it factor off the floor. And we all know from watching him, he can play on the floor. The on-the-floor stuff will come. That'll come with the All-Star Game Sunday. That'll come with the Thunder continuing to get better, continuing to make the playoffs, you know, hopefully this year, but especially next year and years you know, prior. You know, I mean, years before, I should say, or years after, I should say. I messed it up five times. You know, that'll all come whenever he's playing on those check-in dates. But this weekend, they're going to get to be paying attention to the off-the-court stuff as well, which helps a lot. So let's talk Lou Dort, who returned from his injury and returned in quite a big way. It was a plus 30 in this game. But first, I want to say right now, but good friends over at LinkedIn, as a small business owner, you know that hiring is the most important part. So that's why you should go to linkedin.com slash LockedInNBA because if you're a hiring manager or if you're a small business owner, you absolutely know that the key to success all depends on the team members around you. And so why not go get the best team members and surround yourself with them at LinkedIn Jobs? With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire the qualified candidates with the most effective uh, matching system that is has so many skills and so many values and, and so many tools that you can use to find and achieve your goals and who you want to hire. LinkedIn Jobs can quickly attract qualified candidates to your open job posts. They go beyond resume data and use insightful tools from your job posts, and they can match you up with their 807 million member profiles uh, on, on their website. So check it out today and find those most qualified candidates LinkedIn Jobs is essential for small businesses who rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering qualified candidates. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to you faster. Post your draft for free. LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedMBA. That's LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedMBA. Post your draft for free. Terms and conditions apply at LinkedInJobs.com slash LockedMBA. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen every single morning. Every single day. We're here for you. Talking Thunder Basketball. Subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode. YouTube, especially subscribe over there because there's going to be some fun content coming this weekend. Keep your eyeballs peeled for that. You know what's happening this weekend and where I might be at this weekend uh, for All-Star Weekend. Lou Dort played amazing. Played 20 minutes. His first time coming off the bench since his rookie season. Over, what is it now, three years ago? His his last time coming off the bench was January 18th, 2020. So three year, over three years ago now. And he brought the intensity. He set the tone with his energy. He did a good job defending Dame. Like, uh, you know, honestly, 
her Dame standards, like that is a great job defending Dame. When he got matched up with him in his minutes off the bench, he was great. Dame's still going to get his. Dame is still awesome. If there's any Portland fans listening to this, I'm not bashing Dame. But but as far as how you defend Dame, that's the best you can do because he's still going to get buckets. And Lou Dorton, 20 minutes, had 18 points, a steal, a block, an assist, and a rebound. He went three for three from three and six of six overall. He also drew an offensive foul, and he also made great decisions at the rim. He had one amazing dump off at the rim uh, that did not get cashed in, so like it's not going to show up in the box score, and it's not going to show up on the little click-through uh, stats on the box score, so you're going to forget about the play. But the, the dump-off itself, the thought process behind it, the execution of it, was great, and that's been an area where he's really improved. His rim finishing percentage has not improved this season. And it still is worrisome, and it still needs to get better. And I think that he'll still get better at it as he has a healthy offseason, hopefully this offseason, to, to work on it truly and, and continue to cultivate his craft. He's still in the 20s. We all know this. Uh, but what has gotten better, despite that rim finishing not getting better, is his rim decision-making, which is what the big focus was this offseason. He told us that on media day, and it's came true. He is making the better decisions on when to shoot the ball inside the arc, when to pass out of his drives, and where to pass out of his drives. He's much more under control when he drives. He's much more under control when he gets the ball around the basket and maybe doesn't have a lane to shoot. He is much better at making those quick decisions. In this game, he was a plus 30, and he really made this win happen in a lot of ways. Of course, SGA deserves all the credit, but without Lou Dort, they did not win this game either. And since December, so a pretty large sample size at this point, since December... Lou Dort is shooting 41% from three. He's averaging 14 points, four rebounds, two assists, and a steal per game. Lou Dort has been awesome. Like, Lou Dort has been incredible. And he had that brutal cold streak, which will not allow the overall numbers to, to, to show just how much better he's gotten this season. Because it was so bad for the first two weeks, the numbers, even when it's all said and done, will not quite do his leap justice of finding his offensive role. And an offensive role that will change again next year a little bit, but he's much more prepared for it to change next year. So what I mean by that is, had Chet Holmgren still been healthy this year and, and have played this year, his role for Lou Dort would have been from, well, I'm like the second creator on this team to... Okay, I'm behind Shea. Okay, Josh took a leap behind Josh. Okay, J-Dub is here. Like, he's a rookie. He's making really good decisions with the basketball. He's a really good offensive player. I'm behind J-Dub. Okay, oh yeah, Chet. Chet's, Chet's now healthy in this hypothetical world. I'm behind Chet. Like, that's a big fall to make in one off season. Whereas this season, not having Chet there, it has allowed Lou Dort, at, at the start of the season, he was the second most aggressive player on the ball. Just was. Something flipped in December where then J-Dub became more aggressive. That can come with just experience and time. But then also, Josh Giddy got more aggressive as an offensive weapon for OKC in December and more effective as an offensive weapon for OKC in December. So then, Lou Dort goes from the second you know guy that, that is jacking up shots behind Shea to now behind Shea, now behind Giddy, now behind J-Dub. He's now fourth to where next year, whenever you slide in another guy ahead of him, he's much more prepared for how to play offensively. And the role he's playing offensively from the last few weeks has been sit in the corner, shoot, sit on the wing, shoot, cut to the basket, and finish. Like it's been that kind of role, which is is very much going to be where he thrives at with Chet next season. So that also helps there for next year. But this year, 
Ludort's been awesome. Deserves a lot of credit, especially for how loud the criticism was of Ludort at the start of the year. Whenever I was trying to explain that this is just going to be a cold streak, and if it happened in the middle of December, we wouldn't have noticed it. Uh, need to notice these hot streaks now from December on. J-Dub, I thought, just continued to show a winning impact. And, and, and that's so rare for a rookie, but he did an amazing job facilitating this game offensively. He had a couple just draw-dropping assists, but also some assists just in the, the, the offense. Like he had two swing passes to Lou Dort for an assist. Those are two of his six assists. But those are important plays. Not letting the ball stick to you and knowing where to go next whenever you get the ball in those split seconds and making those quick decisions are how this offense thrives. It's how this offense works. If he was a rookie that got kind of caught in the headlights, you know, deer in headlights, whenever he got the ball and was not making these quick decisions, was not swinging the ball around, was not kind of knowing what to do next, this offense would not be the best offense in the league since 2023 started. But he also had the head-to-head pass to Shea for the dunk on a fast break. He also had an had an aware situation where he brings the ball up the floor and then sees Shea in the, on the elbow and says, okay, you know what? Shea, you go to work. What'd Shea do? Went to work, scored at the rim, and won. It's another assist for J-Dub. And I think that what you see from him also is as a rookie, he's not panicking, which bodes well for the future. Like, there's a moment here where J-Dub cuts, Lou Dort tries to find him on the cut, it gets J-Dub under the, underneath the basket, like truly underneath the net, and J-Dub kind of bobbles the feed and then doesn't kind of fan, doesn't panic, does not um, freak out, just makes a shovel pass back to Dort, and Dort finishes at the rim. Like That stuff of him staying composed is really good to see as a rookie, especially for a guy that you want to be able to put the ball in his hands, either because you're uh, you know, going up tempo and pushing the pace off of rebounds or because you want to use him as a backup ball handler uh, in terms of like not backup as in benching him, but like staggering him and where he's at times the best ball handler on the floor. Whenever you want to use him in that role, the fact that he's so collected during games as a rookie bodes well for that. And then he made some jaw-dropping passes like the behind-the-back bounce pass to Kenny Hustle. Like that was mesmerizing. That, that was mesmerizing. And the slam dunk that really put the exclamation point on this win where he got the end one slam dunk and he's just screaming underneath the basket. That kind of stuff is so important to this team. 13 points, six assists, three steals, four rebounds, five for five from the free throw line, four for 10 from the floor, one turnover to those six assists, 32 minutes of action. I think what's also cannot be understated enough or overstated enough, whatever it is. The opposing broadcasts and the national broadcasts for whenever they're on TNT, they're starting to take notice of how good this team is getting and also taking notice of how good these players are off of Shea. For example, you can really tell Isaiah Joe's value when this conversation happened. So the play was SGA drives into three defenders. He's crowded in the paint. But SGA, as we all know, plays at his own pace, his own tempo, the beat to his own drum, Kicks out to Isaiah Joe, wide open for three. Isaiah Joe, who leads in the NBA in three-point percentage now, splashes the three. And so one commentator goes, well, how do you leave Joe open from three? And the other one, smartly wits, well, you can't just leave SGA whenever he's driving to the rim. And that is what shooters around Shea does. It forces a defense to pick their poison, and they're going to pick Shea. It's going to net you threes whenever you get guys like Joe who can shoot the ball. Obviously hard to find 45% three-point shooters, but like when you get guys that can shoot the ball around Joe's clip and surround Shea with them, you pick your poison, and even if they pick Shea, and even if you only hit shoot the ball at a 40% clip from three, that's still going to net you more points in the long run of things. And if they don't pick Shea, and they pick to stay home on their shooters and their assignments, 
well, you have the one of the best guard room finishers in the league in SGA. Isaiah Joe in this game went four for four from three, three rebounds, three assists, 12 points. I really hope that he gets into the all-star uh, three-point contest. I'm not sure when they're going to announce the rest of the field, but he was not on the initial sources list from, uh, I believe it was the Athletic that had that. I hope that whenever the official field gets released, and it's all the field at one time, uh, we see Isaiah Joe there. I really do. He deserves it. He's been awesome. I asked him about it. He said he wanted to play in it. Uh, what was it, a month ago at this time now? And we'll wait and see if he if he got the invite or not. It, sh- it has to come this week because the three-point contest is on Saturday, but I'm just not sure when it will be officially announced the entire field from the uh, NBA PR side of things. We'll talk Josh Giddy. We'll talk Jay Will. And also how the Thunder got a pivotal win in Portland all coming up. But first, let's talk about our good friends over at FanDuel, folks. The Super Bowl is over. The Kansas City Chiefs are victorious. They win another Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes now has two Super Bowls. But still, the very best sport book remains FanDuel. The midway point in the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. So just, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, offers fast withdrawals as well. You can bet on everything from the money line to point spread to who will score the most points and who will hit the most threes in this specific game. So let's just go over there right now to FanDuel.com slash LockedInNBA. And whenever you go to FanDuel.com, you can bet on individual NBA games like tonight's game against the Portland, I'm sorry, against the New Orleans Pelicans. A couple P's there messed me up. Oklahoma City is two and a half point favorites against the Pelicans. So you can bet on them if you if you believe in them also, the way that the sportsbooks do right now at FanDuel. So check it out today, FanDuel.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Locked on on FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Check out the Locked On uh, Game to Game Podcast, where they recap the NBA Association from the night before in 15 minutes or less. Josh Giddy played really well off of SGA and is really finding his his spots, both with SGA on the floor and then also off the floor, is able to you know kind of flip that switch and kick it back into gear as the main guy, right? And that's a that's a very talented skill set or a very impressive skill set to understand, hey, I'm on the floor at Shea. I'm going to play off of Shea. I'm going to see what the vibe is of the team, what the vibe is of this possession. But whenever Shea's off the floor, I've got to be the leader. I've got to be uh, the kind of offensive hub. And to, to be able to flip the switch back and forth possession by possession, minute by minute in an NBA game, is very hard to do, especially whenever you're 19, 20 years old. And Josh Giddy put up 19 points, seven assists, six rebounds, three for three from the line, two for three from three, 46% from the floor. His rebounds are so important for this team, especially how undersized they are. Like It cannot be talked about enough how important it is to have Josh Giddy racking up these rebounds. And they all feel so timely, too, whenever SGA, whenever Josh Giddy gets rebounds. And he's, he's using his body and strength in a great combination 
to clear the way for a finish, and he's finishing higher off the glass as well, which shows good touch in my opinion. And the best play of the night from him was that Dirk fade. Like, I will never get over that Dirk fade. I will be watching that till the end of time because it combines Dirk with Josh Giddy, and that's just incredible in my book. Jay Will, also very fun. One for two from three, four for five from the floor, and assist, 11 points, 18 minutes. If you do not yell boom every time Jay Will hits a three, I don't know if you're like a true Thunder fan. I'm not, I'm kidding on that point, but like, you should. It's very fun. It's very, it's very. What's it called? Cathargic to, to yell boom whenever whenever uh, Jay Will hits a three. Uh, he eats up so much space on screens, which is going to net more open looks for OKC as he gets more effective in placing um, you know his screens and also as the ball handling is more adjusted to how he sets screens. It's a little bit different uh, than most guys, uh, but it's so good for what he does. And he can set like two or three screens per handoff. He's he's just kind of he takes up so much space with his body. Uh, he's also a really crafty rim finisher which has been something that we're finding out more and more of as he plays more minutes and something that we didn't even see much in the G League because in the G League, you just kind of played a more natural role in the sense of just better than those guys. So, like, he didn't have to be crafty. He could just finish. He could just shoot a layup. But like, in the NBA, we're seeing him with that Dr. J finish in Philly with the up and under move in Portland. Like, we're seeing him get more creative at the rim to find ways to get a shot off, and that's very impressive for a big man. But the Thunder got a massive win, and you cannot take this for granted, especially after the kind of the noise that happened after the Muscala trade and a lot of the noise in the comment sections. Yeah, the Thunder in this game understood their task at hand. They had to win this game in Portland. They'd have to kind of, you know, kind of stand up and win a tough road game. And so they played nine players, 10 minutes or more. Nine. Six of the nine scored in double figures for OKC. Portland had the same number in double figures. Portland had a nine-point lead to start the fourth quarter which felt like the knockout blow. But yet, the Thunder win 138 to 129 and eventually led by 15 points in the in the fourth quarter. Portland led by 10 points at one point. There were 19 lead changes and 10 ties. 19 lead changes, 10 ties. That is a battle that the youngest team in the NBA won. They won it also on the road. Portland won the rebounds 32 to 29. OKC had eight fewer turnovers while they forced 18 Portland turnovers. OKC won points in the paint in a big way, 70 to 42. They won second chance points, 13 to 11. They won fast break points, 17 to 12. The Thunder were great at shooting the ball. 56, 50, 91. Portland shot 55, 40, 93. OKC is now just one game below 500. If the season ended today, they would be in the play-in tournament. And the Thunder will now play the Pelicans without Zion, without Dyson Daniels, and CJ McCollum is questionable. As they come back to the Paycom Center on Monday night, they'll play the Rockets on Wednesday to close out the pre-All-Star break stretch. They'll then have the All-Star break and then just stay in Utah and play the Jazz uh, after the All-Star break. So, very interesting stretch coming up here this season. I think that this game against Portland has really shaped this season because the inverse of this, if you had, if we were to lose this game, uh, would have been kind of uh, a pick yourself up by your bootstraps type of game if you lose in Portland because you're facing a tough game against New Orleans and yada, yada, yada. So this was awesome. MVP of the game is SGA. We have a loaded week for you ahead. Tuesday, we're going to recap the Pelicans game. Wednesday, Mavs draft will join the show. Thursday, Rockets recap. Friday, what to watch for in the All-Star weekend. Monday, a mailbag podcast. Tuesday, we're going to grade the Thunder roster at All-Star uh, at the All-Star break. 
Also, make sure you check on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Check on YouTube for some great all-star content from All-Star Weekend. And uh, we're going to recap the whole weekend on Wednesday whenever I get back from Utah. So make sure you check it all out. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 